Thank you, Joni. Good morning. The author and poet Parker Palmer helps us frame this text for us today. This is what Palmer says. We are born with a seed of selfhood that contains the spiritual DNA of our uniqueness, an encoded birthright, knowledge of who we are, why we are here, and how we are related to others. We may abandon the knowledge as the years go by, but it never abandons us. Before I can tell my life what I want to do with it, I must listen to my life telling me who I am. The gospel text for today reminds us the dynamic reality of God's presence. The kingdom of God is real. And it's not a place. And it's a context, a relationship, a sense of community and purpose much greater than ourselves. That there's a here and now between the living and the dying, every moment, every breath of creation in big ways, in small ways. It's not about in the control, but in a giving up in our vulnerability. It's about deep curiosity that the self-imposed secrets about the mystery of God are opened up to us as we ourselves open up to those secrets. Mindful and trusting that we are not in control of the growing. That we are not in control of the elements that are around us. That we have, as the gospel text reminds us, ears to listen, but most importantly, hearts to believe. Now this story for me is centrally located, as William Willimon says, in the unimpressive shrub that we hear. The single small seed that when cast on the ground grows to be this wild, unruly, probably not very valuable root branch. Comes a shrub. But the most important part of that text is the so that statement in verse 32. It's that statement which reminds us about God's intention, not just for us, but for all creation. That we have this opportunity, this opening to be who we are, even in the midst of the everyday battle between the roles that we play and the soul that was created within us that Parker Palmer talked about in that quote. Jackie Delahunt is an administrative assistant up at Stillwater Area High School. She and I have daughters the same age. They went to kindergarten together, went to elementary school, junior high together. They are both entering their senior year in high school. And we had a little lamenting time in the parking lot at Kowalski's the other day. She sees all sorts 
of, of images of what society kind of creates in us. Um, and the thir- first thing that she, um, that she lamented was the fact that, that these young people in her midst are constantly thinking about what they are doing and where they are going. Always an eye on the prize. They're so conditioned with their responses to the questions that we ask them, it comes out robotically. As she was filling out uh, a pass, a hall pass, for a student who was dropping off some things in the office for for the graduation party, she asked him innocently, where are you going? And his first response, even before she finished the sentence was, I'm going to UMD. And she said, no. What class are you going to at this point? She lamented the fact that we constantly think of ourselves as a degree or a profession or a path or a goal rather than the being. It's hard enough to be yourself when the world is trying to think about how you could possibly be someone else. It's hard enough to be a church when there are churches around us that make us think, wow, could we be more like that? Be who we are, even in the midst of the battle between our soul and the roles that we play. No one plants corn and expects seed of beans to grow. This text for me reminds me that we have been created with a purpose and that we should grow where we're planted. Even when we don't recognize it, admit it, or even embrace it. Even in the lowly, unruly, small seed, there's a purpose And the harvest comes in a way that we could not imagine that we think it should. A career is not a purpose. Education is not a purpose. A bank account is not a purpose. They can help support us as we think about what our purpose is in the world. But we have most certainly been created with a purpose. And there's a process that is hidden and mysterious that we live in. And we have an opportunity to honor that process, to think about what it means to be faithful rather than successful, even when we don't fully understand what that means. Sometimes we focus too much on the harvest, the immensity and the richness And we miss the growing. One of my mentors, Rich Melheim, talks about an apple tree that he planted in the backyard of his cabin at German Lake near St. Peter down in the Mankato area. And he uses it as an understanding of what we're talking about here today. He talks about when they planted that tree, the anticipation for this mighty harvest was literally palpable, looking at the other apple trees in the yards around them. And when the first full growing season happened, 
they walked out to that tree in the backyard and they were encountered with six or eight apples. And his children next to him said, is that all? So Rich also pretty discouraged about it. They picked the apples, they brought them inside, and they made a pie or two. But there was that lingering disappointment that the harvest wasn't as plentiful as they thought it would be. So he did a little research, and he thought, what am I doing wrong? And what he found was counterintuitive to what he thought he might find. The suggestion was, after the first growing season, cut the tree back completely. Cut it all the way back. Knowing that by cutting that tree back, you might not experience a fullness and a richness of harvest in the next growing season. You might not get one apple. Sometimes, we have to experience what we think is death or dormancy in understanding the harvest. But the process means that God is still at work. That there's fear and vulnerability in honoring the process. Because what we want more than anything in the world is the harvest. But honoring that process helps us more fully understand what we were created to be. And in verse 32, we find it. That so that statement. That the small seed grows into a vast bush or shrub. Not for its own purpose. Not to look beautiful but so that the birds may have a place to nest. Safety, comfort in that shrub. The so that statement for us is a reminder that God sends forth creation for the sake of creation. Just like that mustard seed we are also created with a so that statement. What is it? What is that so that statement for you? What is that so that statement for Mount Olivet? We all see glimpses of the small seeds being planted creating impact right now with Pastor Beth and Michelle and Keith in the next 10-15 minutes you will have an opportunity to unpack that even further but understand it's not about our enormity and our impressiveness it's not about the world's immense expectations of us it's in knowing that even in our lack of impressiveness God is doing great things for the sake of creation. And God is doing them through us. I'll leave you with Mother Teresa. Not all of us can do great things. 
but we can do small things with great love. Let us be about understanding the so that statement that we live on a daily basis. And let us do that knowing God's creation is created for the sake of all creation. Amen.